Graham, we're on. We're doing something live. It's going to be a little crazy today, but so is the news coming out of Athens. You want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. So, Tyke Smith, our prize new toy from the transfer portal, previously an All American at West Virginia, who was a highly probable candidate to guard Justin Ross and some of these big Clemson wide receivers that Georgia is going to need to take care of has a foot injury and is out three to four weeks and will be unavailable for the Clemson game. Ditto for Darnell Washington, our six foot seven tight end that we were all looking forward to see spear balls in the end zone. And that we just did a ton of content on last week when talking about how Georgia should attack Clemson. So not feeling super happy or positive today. Um, but definitely got a UGA nihilist feel to it. Yeah. You know, this is kind of one of those like, ah, classic Georgia when something, when something's happening, it's a bad thing. I mean, you've got to reek Darnell and Tyke all with bad news in the last week. And when Arik went, uh, you know, left, left the team there, I think everyone was like, well, it's fine. We've got Darnell. Well, now we don't. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go hurl myself off a bridge. But, but before that, we've got like 50 plays to look at. So, yep. can we, so big, we should be shouting out Roddy at uh, EJSports.com and Seth, who were breaking this news that we just uh, read right before we came online. So, Lord, Lord knows when this actually goes live. But, um, yeah, there's got a lot. We've got a lot of good people yeah. covering this. Well, stuff. there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot. of. I mean, Seth Emerson put some stuff out on Twitter. Yeah. Josh Pate just put something out five minutes ago. So, um I don't know who was first and I don't want to get into all that, but to all <laughs> the people that are out there reporting it, great job. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So Graham, while we're doing this, let's, uh, let's just see if I can pull up a graphic here. Yes. All right. Awesome. So, so that worked. We got that going for us and more, these are kind of more bad news with the spirit, these, uh, <laughs> with the spirit of the day. These are thanks. A big shout out to sec stat cat. Uh, I track his stuff, share his stuff. If you're not following him, Please do, please join the Patreon over there. It's a, it's a ton, a ton, a ton of info, especially for X's, X's and O's guys. Graham and I both subscribe. Uh, so these are the the uh, sort of the, the plays that he, he charted that we didn't do well on. So yeah. uh, anything, anything you want to chime in here before we start looking at some of these plays? Well, I mean, you know, I think the thing that stands out the most to me there is just uh, – like dagger and scissors, those those top couple ones. Um, those got you know th those were only three plays each, but like with yeah. the wheel post and dig, that's thirteen plays for fifteen point two yards per a pop. Like that's a that's a big weakness and vulnerability. Like that's not just a they hit us a couple times. That's like a ooh like we're really bad at that, and anybody that's going to play Georgia is going to try and run that if they're doing their homework and and also in fairness there are the heck of a lot of plays that georgia did really well on that were not necessarily bringing up in this graphic i mean they were very i'm on the, the staple of of sec running is is you know a lot of inside and outside zones and, and georgia was right around sub 40 percent success rate in those with a anywhere from three to to four yards per play average on that so uh, yeah, we're we're looking at the half empty part of the defense right now. But you, I, it seems to me that you know some of these plays are the underneath plays where some of our whether our linebackers get caught, you know, in coverage and stuff like that, which we all looked at a lot last year. But uh, with yeah. that, I'm gonna we'll show some of these plays. And, yeah, play uh, some clips, uh, Georgia fans. This might 
bring up a little bit of PTSD for you, but this is basically uh, everything last year that Georgia struggled with. So that's what we like to call a wheel route. You might have heard of that. Maybe maybe you've talked to some Florida fans on the internet in the last nine months. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the wheel route. It's it's it, it's our it's our, our cross to bear, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let, let's keep these. Let's just keep these rolling. Let's just Sorry get it that. over with. No, you're good. Um, yeah. So here we have kind of a another oh. a switch. So. If you were paying it to close attention to that graphic, you saw a lot of switch variations on there. And switch variations are just what you kind of see there where uh, the inside guy is going to go outside and the outside receiver is going to come inside. Sometimes that outside guy is going to turn that into a post. Uh, sometimes the inside guy, you know, that's going to be a wheel route or maybe he's going to stop and, and do a comeback. So lots of different things that happen there. That's another switch variation right there from the Mississippi state game uh, where Mark Webb is in the star position and is just has a hard time with the slot guy there. Really nice pass right in stride. Um, but that, that was kind of the weakness of the Georgia defense, right? Right there last year was, was these slot guys working outside the hashes halfback wheel route. I'm sure. You remember that from the Florida game um, Florida really ate Georgia's lunch on it. That's Jermaine Johnson in coverage there. He is no longer with us. He's at Florida State now. But, man, just gratuitous there. Three replays in a row. That is a – that's hard to watch. <laughs> um, I think we have more wheel routes to show. Yep, here's another one coming off. Boom. Nice. <laughs> awesome. All right, um, so, so now we so, got a so, so, yeah, we got a Clemson play in here. And here's Clemson running a uh, a similar kind of tight end wheel route, uh, which we which we saw last year. Um, yeah. And then we've got Florida running a tight end wheel route, so you guys can probably put two and two together and see the pattern there. Uh, the good news is that Clemson does not have a Kyle Pitts, at least not to my knowledge. That's a tight end post. Um, yeah, this is I'm like this is traumatic. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't was, know. That's not a tight end, but still kind of that switch variation into a post route. Yeah. Um and then I think we have a levels kind of concept coming up here or maybe that was that uh Oh yeah, and then these are just these little halfback checkdowns which we're going to get into this pretty deep with how Clemson played under DJU, but um, there was a lot of balls thrown to ETN, and we're going to talk about a guy named Will Shipley, who's a true freshman playing in his first game, who I think may be that type of weapon for them. And then you – yeah, right there. Um, so these are some good good plays with Georgia defending these, these similar type of concepts. Um, yeah, we can defend them. And I mean, again, you know, we, we were highlighting the Alabama and the Floridas just to, to be fair. You know, we get a lot of people pointing out in our in our YouTube comments that, oh, these were the, you know, Notre Dame's worst games. So we're trying to show a little bit of where, you know, the, the athletes that Clemson has are comparable, certainly, to those two squads. So, uh, totally. but yeah, but, you know, but we, these players are good. These are just really good players against really good players. And that's kind of what we, but we did want to show that, yes, this is not like they don't coach it. They don't know it's coming. It's just sometimes you get beat. 
Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And I mean, in modern college football, when you go good on good, you're, you're usually going to, you know, often good offense beats good defense in, in any sport, you know, and that wasn't the case a decade ago in college football, but it is today. Uh, you know, some of these clips that you've seen Georgia's guys aren't necessarily in bad position. It's not like they don't know what's going on, but if, if the throw is made perfectly, then what are you going to do? Um, so these are some, some kind of some run plays in here, some zone runs by Florida and, uh, you know, Josh, as you mentioned, like that's, that's the, the bread and butter of, of SEC offenses and modern offenses are these inside zones and zone counters and zone power. And Georgia's done a really good job with that stuff under Kirby Smart. Yeah, and, you know, to what we've talked about is, you know, that front seven is returning. Our, our secondary is going to be even more new faces now. But, you know, these guys were stopping these runs. And, you know, they were, you know, Najee Harris was, you know, contained for the first good part of that game. Uh, certainly, you know, Florida didn't beat us up on the ground. So, we these guys are coming back. So, it's going to be a strength of the Georgia defense is, is up front. Yeah, 100%. And uh, so far, we haven't seen any injuries there. Knock on wood. Um, right. And, I, you know, I do think, like, regardless of, you know, what what's going on with some of these guys on offense and with Tyke Smith and all that, like, there's a scenario in this Clemson game where Georgia's defensive line is just so dominant and overpowering that it just kind of wrecks everything, um, much like you saw in the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Kansas City had the better quarterback. They had the better skill talent. But uh, when Patrick Mahomes is running for his life all night, it changes everything. Um, so, yeah. And where are we in here? Uh, are these some slants or what are we looking yeah, at? Yeah, I think these are some slants here. Or, or some more. Oh, no, this is more of the runs we got. Can we skip to slants? There we go. Let's um, hope. Let's hope. <laughs> We're having some technically difficulties here on Dogsport. Yeah, there's our slant. Yeah. There it is. So, yeah, and Clemson threw a lot of slants last year um, with DJ. And so we just kind of wanted to preface some of the stuff we're going to talk about with Clemson to show you that uh, it appears Georgia can defend some slants against high level competition. Here you see the RPO action from Florida, good coverage there by Stokes uh, working on that outside receiver. Yeah. We're about to have some Clemson plays here. If we do, if you want to jump to those Clemson. Yeah, slants. let's go ahead and jump to, yeah, that's it right here. All right. So uh, Clemson versus Boston college, DJU's first start, trying to get him some easy throws over the middle, one-on-one -on -one coverage, um, you know, just let his guy work inside and be faster than the guy defending him. There you got the same guy. I believe that's Cornell Powell, who was a, a pretty productive kind of possession receiver for Clemson last year. Not one of the names that you've heard a ton on that offense, um, but a very good player. And as you can see, really good with kind of some of that route running in tight space and catching the ball away from his body. Um, all right. So let's pause here for a second. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we are kind of going to get into the full Clemson breakdown here. Um, okay. So with DJU, 
what you have is a massive arm and a guy who is very, very accurate, uh, especially when you give him time and let him stand in the back of the pocket. That's Cornell Powell again against Notre Dame. Um, I mean, you know, you can see it there. It's a pretty effortless flick of the wrist from him. And that ball is traveling about 50, 55 yards in the air and it's on the money. So he will stretch defense. Um, let's slow down and stop on the plays for a second. Uh, so I, I think, you know, a couple things to know about DJ. First off, as he takes care of the ball, zero turnover worthy plays in 2020, according to PFF, which uh, is pretty remarkable for a, a guy making his first two starts. Part of the way, though, that that happened is that Clemson was really smart about the plays that they fed him and what they asked him to do against Boston College and Notre Dame. And, I mean, especially against Notre Dame, you saw them get him into the game early, get him comfortable on the road, first road game. Like, short throws, simple reads. If the coverage sagged off on receivers, then they would run those quick slants and take advantage of the space available. Um, if you want to play that slant that we were looking at right there, like, just boom, you know, you got a third and seven – Throw it short of the defense. Let let the athlete make the play. Don't ask him to throw the ball. You know, between linebackers and safeties, just just easy, rudimentary, elementary stuff. And then you know, sets him up for a, a fourth and inches type situation. So, in terms of halfback screens, was a huge part of that game plan. And at the time, they had ETN. Now. You know, I think it's going to be kind of a running back by committee. They got a kid named Will Shipley, who's a true freshman. And, we, you know, we think he's could be that guy that's kind of their their version of a James Cook. But as you can see there, like a lot of these completions are short, easy throws behind the line of scrimmage and just, you know, getting getting the ball to guys in space and, and letting them work. Um, let's slow down here. Um, so with, with Shipley, you've got a guy that's, you know, 5'11", 200 pounds, not a extremely crazy 40 guy, but very elusive, good agility. You know, I think he was, a the number two running back in the country last year. Yeah. Five-star kid coming out of North Carolina, uh, you know, Weddington and Matthews is not far from Charlotte. So this will be kind of a homecoming game for him in his first ever college appearance. Watch out for him because when he's on the field, he's dangerous and they're going to try and get him the ball with those little, you know, little swing passes and stuff like that. But I, th I think the difference between what Clemson did against Notre Dame and especially against Boston College and what they can do against Georgia is just that Georgia has as good or better athletes than Clemson at every position on the field. And Clemson's week-by-week -week scheme in the ACC is kind of based on the simple truth of their athletes are better than your athletes. And when it comes down to it, if we get our guys in a one-on-one -on -one matchup, they're going to make, they're going to make the defender miss, you know, the majority of the time. And they're, they're going to create explosives. And so I don't think they can throw screens and slants all day and count on speed and athleticism to just create space and miss tackles against Georgia. I think that Georgia will, you know, be able to, to defend that first of all, but second of all, like they're going to force DJ to make some difficult throws. And if, and if he can make those throws and, and beat Georgia, then, then hats off to him, but they're not going to sag off and give him, you know, 
10 yards, 15 yards on zone coverages on third down and just let him throw the ball underneath. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's got some experience. He played in two big games, one home and one, uh, one road game at a hostile yeah. stadium. Uh, but he's not, you know, Mac Jones was got polished real fast. And I mean, in some ways he's coming in, you know, with that same sort of, uh, you know, track record as, as Mac, who came in late in the year uh, to replace Tua. But I just don't think that he's going to have the, the accuracy and uh, that, that Mac and that Trask no. had. And I think, but he's also going to have some speed, you know, coming out of the, the pocket and stuff. But I, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think, the one-on-one matchups is, I think, you know, Georgia is, you know, it's, they don't, they don't face a lot of Georgia's on their schedule. And that's, mm-hmm. it's kind of exciting to have our guys and you know, they're going to be ready to play. Yeah. Um, do you want to run some of those wide receiver screens? Cause I, I want to talk about Amari Rogers um, who is now in the NFL, but last year they used him on these screens and kind of option routes, those little out routes there. And I mean, like just an extremely elusive player, boom, that's a guy getting 20, 30 yards after the catch, making three, four guys miss. And the question that I have, you know, is do they have that speed guy this year on that team? And when you go up and down their wide receiver roster, you see a lot of six, three, six, four, six, two, bigger guys which which they scare you in a different way they scare you on 50 50 balls down the field but you know i don't know that they have a guy that's really natural running those kind of plays where he's you know cutting in between two defenders and shrugging off a bunch of guys and and making a bunch of yards after contact um i feel like they have a lot of george pickens types guys on their team so you'll see here they'll roll him out to create better angles uh, like they did that a lot against Notre Dame and it's and Boston college, but it's smart with a young quarterback, just make him read half the field, create, you know, short little throws, create stuff he's comfortable with where he can just throw a dart and not have to float the ball over a a defender's head in in zone coverage or anything like that. Um, They're also going to run him at times. And, I don't know if that's particularly wise against UGA, but you kind of have to do it just because it, it does create one more thing to defend. Um, and, you know, that that base defense for Georgia – here, let's uh, slow down there a little bit. Sorry. Uh, that base defense for Georgia, though, does include uh, a spy. You know, we talked about that on our on our uh, show when, when we had Sarah on and we talked about Georgia's mint front, but – the, the Georgia is basically always in a coverage that they call odd mirror five, where one of their linebackers is directly responsible for the quarterback. And if he sees a free lane, he can rush the quarterback, but really, you know, his job is to make sure that that quarterback cannot gut them out up the middle and guys like N'Kobe Dean guys like Quay Walker, uh, you know, I, I trust them to, to meet DJ at the corner, I don't think he's just going to burn them to the edge and take off, you know, down the sideline for 60 yards. I don't think he's fast, but I just don't think he's that fast. Uh, I think he can do that against a lot of teams. I don't think he can do that against Georgia, but um, if you want to keep running those plays, uh, I mean, another thing we'll see with him is he can extend plays with his legs and make accurate throws on the run. And I honestly think he's more comfortable throwing on the run 
and on the move and on those rollouts than he is when he's forced to stand in the pocket. His delivery looks more fluid. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, a lot of their explosives come from missed tackles, and I just don't know if they can count on that against UGA. But their run game it, against Notre Dame um, – Andy was not very productive, even with Travis Etienne, the ACC's all-time leading, you know, touchdown guy at, at running back. Like, that D-line for Notre Dame pushed them around a lot of the night, and we saw Ohio State kind of do the same things to them. Um, if if Notre Dame's D-line can do that to Clemson, I can promise you that Georgia can. Uh, I want to so – if you, if you give me a second, because I want to pause it for a second, because I wanted to talk to you about uh, – jump in here, because I was listening to the Purple Theory podcast, and they were breaking down Oklahoma, and they talked about Spencer Rattler as a freshman. Uh-huh. And similar game in terms of a very strong arm, very athletic. And a lot of times, you know, he would move the pocket and force plays. Uh, you know, Georgia's defense should, hopefully can maybe even use that – his his you know, the ability for him to roll out of that pocket and, and possibly get him out of his place and, you know, force some throws, having not – having the experience that maybe, you know, a, a veteran quarterback has. So, I, I, I like that. You know, I, I do think that Georgia can contain those. Those are awesome points you brought up. And, and uh, you know, a guy thrown on the run is, is, is I think, where Georgia wants to put him in, in stress situations like that. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting – because there is part of me that wonders, is it a little safer to keep him in the pocket? Truthfully, you know, can they set that edge and come off, come around and, you know, sort of force him if he's going to run. I think ideally if you're Georgia based on the scheme that they play, you want to see him run up the middle towards that spy. Uh, But I think that if you can get pressure on him and move him off his spot, you're going to take that every time. There was some plays against Notre Dame in Boston college where he does kind of roll back and throw off his back foot and throw these fadeaways. And I don't think that he can do that against Georgia's athletes. What they have in the secondary is different. And I think, you know, that they might make him pay for it, but that play against BC, it's like, you know, that's a great play by Clemson, but good luck getting those type of double teams on Georgia's defense. Cause you're not going to do that against Wyatt Davis, Jalen Carter, um, you know, Trevon Walker, all these freak shows, Zion Logue. So here is is kind of some more of him, like RPO type stuff. If you'll rewind that one real quick, just it's an interesting type concept. Like it's basically that old Tebow style where they fake the quarterback power and throw it. And it just adds an element that's difficult to defend. But one thing is he will take some bad sacks uh, like that. You know, he's dropping back. 15, 20 yards, staying in the pocket, um, you know, not getting out of the pocket and throwing the ball away there against a, a, a BC front that just to be frank is, is nothing close to what Georgia has. So he, he did the same thing against Notre Dame. I think the next clip is, is another, yeah, just kind of bad sack there. Um, bad situation to take a sack first and 10 second overtime. Yeah, this is this is the end of the yeah. game here. Yeah, this is where you get where you had to make a play, and everybody knew what you were doing, and and uh, you know, and Notre Dame got home and and shut them down. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, when you look at uh, when you look at kind of what they did, you know, as as a whole in that Notre Dame game with DJ, uh, he was twenty one for twenty three for 
or I'm sorry, on the season in his two starts. He was 21 for 23, passing behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so, I mean, that's 23 screen passes in two games. That's a ton of screens. And then in terms of balls thrown between the numbers, less than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, he's 25 for 30 for 243 yards and two touchdowns. So he's doing – like when you look at his passing chart – and don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing the two at all, but like it's kind of similar to what we saw with Stetson Bennett over his first few starts at Georgia, where Georgia was just creating easy throws for him. And then when somebody took those away, problems happened. And and DJ has the ability to, you know, he he's three for four for 146 yards and a touchdown on on throws between the hash that are that are more than 20 yards downfield. But just like you know, really the majority of the work that he did was between the numbers. And it's clear that he's really comfortable, like throwing those slants and in routes and stuff like that. And so I do expect Georgia to, to be able to keep inside leverage on, on Clemson's wide receivers and tight ends and, and, you know, force DJ to make some of those longer throws outside the hashes towards the sideline. And he's got the ability to do it, but you know, there's times good Lord, man, this kid's going to be the number one overall draft pick and, and he's insane. And there's other times where he makes throws that are kind of behind the guy and they're not very accurate and he doesn't look comfortable and his footwork is loose and bad. Again, he was making his first two starts, but I think we as a college football watching kind of society, like we've gotten to know his name so well because he was a mega recruit. He just signed, you know, the Fansville NIL deal with Dr. Pepper to be on their commercials all season. He is a Heisman hopeful. There's all that good stuff going for him and he has an incredible future, but he's also making his third ever start. This is going to be the first time he's ever played against a team that's, you know, got a defense, the caliber of Georgia's I'm including in Ohio state and that, well, he didn't play Ohio state, but this is going to be the first time he's played a team that has a defense anywhere close to Georgia. But more importantly, this is going to be the first time he's ever played in a full stadium. So it's like, I do think that Georgia can get him off of his rocker a little bit, make him uncomfortable. And both those games that he started in first against Notre Dame and, and second or first against Boston college and second against Notre Dame, like Clemson got down big yeah. in the first half, you know, they got down 28 to 10 to BC. They got down, I think, you know, 16 points or so to Notre Dame and they were able to to come back in both those games and one they won the other they lost in double overtime but if if you're Clemson I don't think you can count on coming back from a you know three possession deficit against this Georgia defense in the second half like that's not the position you want to be in no I mean there's the his that game against in Boston College was impressive I mean yeah. there's no I mean it really was to to be thrown into that spot under you know, a stressful year anyways, but that was, there's no doubt he's impressive. And, you know, as tough it is, we're going to be banged up on, you know, on the offense and defense side of the ball. You know, I kind of like, or I wouldn't want to play him in November. No, I would, well, it's not that I wouldn't want to play. I would prefer to get him first and then in November and have a, have six or seven starts under his belt. Um, Cause I think he's going to be, uh, a ding. he's going to, he's going to rack up some numbers, especially in the ACC, <laughs> if I can be blunt. No, he is for sure. And he's going to get confident, but it's just like what, you know, even with Tyke Smith not playing in this game, just from an athlete standpoint, 
Georgia has the same athletes that Clemson does, and, and at certain positions they have the better athletes. And so I think that Clemson is going to have to be more creative than they normally are in terms of how they scheme up on offense. Like there's not going to be – they can't throw for 250 yards of slants in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't run vanilla shit and just tear up Georgia with speed routes and, and little in routes and guys making, you know – six guys miss on the same play like that's not going to happen so and i think honestly the biggest advantage that georgia has in this game is that georgia is a very good tackling football team and they have been for years two years ago they had the lowest missed tackle rate in the entire fbs by a large margin with that 2019 defense um there are some new faces in the secondary, but we know that that christopher smith and lewis seen are going to clean everything up at safety in terms of you know, guys that are trying to get yards after the catch. So I think if you're a Georgia fan, you have to feel pretty good about how they match up against Clemson's offense. Yeah, I, it, awesome breakdown. And, you know, we've seen a lot of plays. Um, it was great to have two games of, of DJ to to, uh, to break down and look at. I mean, he's it's going to be a challenge. That's why this is the best game oh, yeah. of, the, 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 of the early season and arguably one of the best games of the regular season overall. So, um with that, you've got stuff to do. You've, you want to um, let you go and begin your weekend celebration. <laughs> for those you, of that yeah. don't, for those of you don't know, uh, we're going to have a Mrs. Dog out west here soon, as as Brooke and Graham are, are getting hitched this weekend. So, congrat, early congratulations. We'll be thinking about you. Thank you. And, yeah. Uh, so, don't be breaking any news on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, I'll be back on Wednesday. So give me a, you know, give me a rest. Nobody get injured. Hopefully, uh, please put JT Daniels and all his friends in bubble wrap for the next, not just the next week, but maybe the next three weeks. Let's just get to Clemson and go down there healthy. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, thank you for, for getting all this stuff organized and getting all these plays, uh, in order and, and getting all, you know, have, keeping our play vault updated and, um, yeah, just yeah. appreciate all your hard work, and I will We're see good. you in a few days, man. All right, dogs.